Olsen fakes it for Pat and yes, touchdown to Greg Olsen. Wilson just got it away. There's Keith Lee. Touchdown, Carolina. Hello and welcome back to Cat Scratch Reader, our podcast network here. So Brad and I are going to be bringing you guys something a little different, um, just following games as they happen. Obviously, the Raiders just played the Panthers on Sunday, whenever you're hearing this. Um, so we decided that we'd start our, we'd do our own little show just to give you guys a little something a little faster. And that, that way we're, you know, breaking down, giving giving the proper attention to the game we just played and we could focus a little more on the following week on the keep sounding podcast so this is the bmb reaction show i'm brian and brad not john john's not yeah, involved that's, it, it would be bb and j if it were john too so yeah that's not as catchy yeah it's not quite so, the same so we're no, just trying to give all. you guys what you want uh you know we we try our best to always make sure that we make all of our fans happy. Sometimes we don't do that, but it's not because we don't try. Yep. Not at all. So that being said, week one of football, what a weird, what a weird whole situation this was. Um, so the Panthers lost in what turned out to be a game with a ton of lead changes it was actually very entertaining panthers lost 34 to 30 to the las vegas reggers and john gruden and his gruden grinders um so just to just to start the the, the fake crowd noise that was weird to me like that was kind of distracting actually <laughs> yeah i don't like it at all like i mean i get it uh you know i know they're they're trying to to mute some of the language that gets said on on the field by the players because they don't stick to a a TVG rated um, television show, but it's it's distracting. Like it's just like they were overdoing it. Like there was one play where the the referee threw a penalty flag, and I mean it was like you would have thought based on how loud the boos were, you would have thought he was like like kicking a puppy on the <laughs> field or something. Like it was just it was distracting and loud, and I hope that they. I hope they adjust it going forward. Like I know it's, it was week one for everybody. Like we didn't even have a preseason, so we didn't get the, the chance to iron this stuff out. So hopefully right. it, but of course, at the same time, being a Panthers podcast and Panthers fans, we may not have to deal with that again because Fox may do a better job of it than CBS does. Like we don't know. Yeah. So hopefully yeah. it's not as bad. Yeah, it's tough to say, and and obviously there's somebody there who's like who's adjusting it and like piping it in stuff like that. But yeah, there were there were a number of times where like the context of the play that happened did not make sense in regards yeah. to what happened. Like uh, there was like a one yard run or something where the guy on the Raiders picked up a first down, and like you know, yeah, like a hometown crowd would probably cheer, but you'd think he ran for like 15 yards or something like that. It was just a one yard second and one type run, like you know, nothing major. So. Yeah, they Kinda need to hire that guy who did the piped-in crowd noise for the Falcons to take care of it all. <laughs> he was an expert on on crowd noise, so that's yes. who they need to go after. Yeah, plenty of experience, you know. Like, for them, this is like having to artificially bring in crowd noise is not really unprecedented at all. So exactly. I get that. Yeah. 
I get that. I get that. Um, so why don't we just dive right into this game? So why don't um, why don't we just start with a, some general thoughts? Because I know this is there. There's a lot to unpack with a game like this because obviously it's a whole new it's a whole new coaching staff, a whole lot of new players on offense and defense. Obviously, especially on defense, you know. So just. Give me like a few things that really stuck out to you, Brad, as far as uh, what you saw in this game. Yeah, I mean, I saw kind of what I expected to see. Like, I didn't think we were going to get blown out or anything. Like, I I would have been more surprised if if the Raiders would have won like 34 to 3 or 34 to 7 or something. I thought right. we would keep up with them. I didn't think we were going to win. Like, I picked us to lose in our weekly picks on CSR. I... I didn't think we were quite ready to take that step. I was impressed with how the offense looked um, for the most part. There were a few times where they looked like they didn't know what they were doing. The third quarter was especially bad, but yeah, yeah it was, it was awful. Like um, if not for the third quarter, I think we may have actually won the game because we looked good in the other three. We only punted, I think twice or maybe three times the entire game. And if I remember correctly, two punts, yep. two punts, two and punts. they were both in the third quarter. Yeah. And, you know, last year we didn't have that kind of offense. Like Michael Pilardi's leg will probably never be the same after <laughs> last year. Yeah. But, you know, this year I thought Teddy Bridgewater looked pretty good. I mean, he is – what he is, uh, you know, a lot of fans don't like the fact that he's kind of quote unquote captain check down, but for the most part, he did what he had to do. He made smart decisions. He kept the chains moving. He found Robbie Anderson on a beautiful 75 yard touchdown. That was probably the best play I've seen in probably two or three years for the right. Panthers. Uh, and well, the best non cam Newton play at least. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, it was just there were a lot of things like that that that, just, that made me look forward to what we're going to see all year. Um, yeah. But what about you? Like, what stood out to you? I think the thing that stood out to me the most was the fact that the offense came out and looked prepared and, like, ready to go from the get-go. Like, the first half, obviously, the Panthers didn't punt at all. Um, and it just it was just refreshing because of the number of years where since like 2015, where obviously Carolina had come up and put up like 28 points in the first half without a problem. Um, where over the last like four seasons, like the, the offense always came out and they were just kind of sluggish, you know, like they'd punt the first few times they were out there. They might kick a field goal here and there uh, where the offense actually did look kind of crisp. They th were throwing the ball quite well in the beginning. Um, they scored a field goal on their first drive, their second drive, they scored a touchdown. Their second, their third drive was a field goal, and their fourth drive was a field goal. That was all in the first half. The third, third quarter was when they they kind of looked a little more like the off the Carolina I'm used to. But I mean, I I'm more willing to give that a pass because this is an entirely new coaching staff. There's a bunch of new pieces like Robbie Anderson, obviously out there. Um, offensive line is a bit different as well. Um, but really, it's 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 very. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it, it makes me look forward to seeing more of what Carolina is going to put on the field, even though like I don't expect them to win a ton of games this year. But just the fact that 
I was like, okay, this is good offense. Like I understand, I understand like what they're doing. I wasn't really sitting there the whole time questioning why they were doing certain things, you know? Um, and tr- I think tr- Teddy Bridgewater is as advertised. I mean, like, I don't think he's going to be, you know, I don't think he's going to keep pace with like Matt Ryan and Tom Brady and Drew Brees, but I, fe- I felt that 22 to 34, 270 yards and a touchdown was pretty good for him, especially since he showed us a lot of the good pocket presence. He he just looked prepared and the offense as a whole looked prepared. So that's yeah, right. I agree. Yeah. I, I think the best way to put it, to summarize it with Teddy Bridgewater, he's not going to win us a lot of games just by being Teddy Bridgewater, but he's also not going to lose a bunch of games. Yeah. Like, he's not, he's not, not going to, he's, he's not going to be the main reason that we do anything. And that's yeah. what you really need and want out of your quarterback. Like, I mean, I would like for him to be the reason we come back and win games, but it's a lot better than, than him being the reason we lost. Like we saw at the end of last year. Yeah. With the number, with all the quarterbacks sacking themselves and stuff like that. Yeah. It was yeah, just like, it, we don't, we're not going to see any of that. And I, that to me is enough of an improvement no matter yeah. how many games we win. Um, one thing that stood out to me that I really think we should praise, and I might even write something about this, we did not waste a timeout because the play clock was expiring until the fourth quarter. Yeah, that was That, that has was nice. not happened since probably 2007, I would imagine. Uh, yeah. It seems like it anyway. But we had all three timeouts at the end of the first half. We had, and the, the team was able to, to quote unquote, steal three points at the end of the first half because they had the timeouts. So we right. see how important that is. And then at the end of the second half, they only had two because of that wasted uh, timeout with the play clock. But, you know, I don't think that th- that timeout cost us the game or anything. I think now, I mean, but, it's... But, but it was just, it was nice. It was refreshing that we didn't see stupid stuff like oh my god we just burned two timeouts on the opening drive because the play clock because they can't get the plays in in time right and i think those kind of things are are going to go away and that's going to make a lot of people enjoy watching this team a whole lot more than they have in the, in the past couple of years so i'm excited yeah. about that yeah me too and i think that um a lot of that just has to do with the fact that uh, Joe Brady seems to know what he's doing with stuff like that. Um, and obviously Matt rule factors into that as well, but they just, the fact that they actually looked prepared because there were so many games over the last few seasons where I would sit there and be like, they could have won that game if they just like came out and were like actually sharp. And I just never understood why it was always like that. Like it took them so long to like really get in a groove. Where like I was sitting there after the second drive, and I was like, "This offense looks good." Like they turned it into high gear on that second drive, and they they took that ball sixty three yards. They burned four and a half minutes of play. It was a ten play drive on that was after their eight play drive that they got a field goal. You know, it's just one of those things where it's more entertaining to watch when your offense is actually good, and there's like you're not really questioning who's calling the plays and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that like was if nice. If, yeah, like if we're gonna go like three and 13 or whatever, I would much rather do it that way yeah. than the way we did at over the last eight games of last year. Like I, I don't ever want to see that again, Yeah, but um, we, we have to talk about the one mistake that Joe Brady made. Yeah, And I can't, I can't say 
that lost the game because we don't know what would have happened after the fact. Uh, like, you know, but you have to give Christian McCaffrey the football on fourth and inches with a minute and 11 seconds left when you're down four points in the other team's side of the field. Like you have to put the ball in your most expensive playmaker's hands. You cannot run fullback belly up the middle. Like you just can't do that. Now, and it's it's also kind of weird that they would do that when their backup left guard was in. Um, yeah, that too. Like you've got injuries on the offensive line and it's, it's already a questionable offensive line, even if everybody's healthy. So it just, that was a rookie play calling mistake. Cause I don't yeah. think, I don't think Joe Brady's ever been a play caller before. I know I've been taking uh, the task. The- I've been taking the task on not breaking down his, his history of calling plays in the past, but I don't think he's really ever done it. I don't know what his job entailed at LSU. I just know he was considered the passing game coordinator there. Yeah, um, Ed Orgeron called the plays. I'm 95% sure. I'm not I'm not 100% sure, but I don't think he really called plays. And yeah. so I, I think what we saw was a, a rookie mistake there. And I think if you give it to, to McCaffrey or, or even quarterback dive, like you do anything just to pick up that half yard, I mean, the, they're, the very next play, Teddy Bridgewater could have thrown an interception or a sack fumble or, you know, a myriad of things could have happened. So I'm not blaming Joe Brady for losing the game. I think the the reason we lost is because we gave up 34 points. Like, yep. the defense is, is going to be bad. Like, we're going to see that a lot this year. The defense is just going to be bad because they're all young. We had four rookies starting mm-hmm. on defense. But, you know, we let Josh Jacobs run all over us all day. And yeah. you're not going to beat anybody if you let that happen. So I'm I'm not mad at Joe Brady. I just kind of wish that we would have picked up that first down to see what would have happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, if your defense was even like a halfway competent group, like, like say middling defense in the league, you're probably not even in that position when your offense puts up 30 points, but um, yeah, you, you, know, you shouldn't lose very many times when you score 30 points. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that's tough and, you know, I, I'm going to give, give Matt rule slash Joe Brady slash whoever's, whoever's fault that play call was a pass on this one, just cause it's, it's the first game of the season. And on top of that, you know, like, a fullback dive, typically you will pick up that first down on that play. So yeah, Alex Arma has to do better there too. Like yeah, that was and, a, a well, part of it was effort. that part of it was that he got hit in the backfield before he could even like get to where he needed to be. So yeah, that's one of those things where you just need to understand the context. You have to understand the situation because the Raiders knew it was coming. You know, like they they had they were ready for that fullback dive especially because the almost the entire game that i can recall i don't remember armo being out there hardly at all um yeah he was so only out bring, there for a couple of plays i wouldn't have i wouldn't have yeah. brought him out there to start with i would have just given it to mccaffrey yeah yeah and you know we'll, we'll, it, it's some growing pains and when they figure out when they i feel like when they have a better idea of what's going on with the offense. Cause really there were only, I would say three people now I'll even say two. Cause like Bridgewater didn't look a hundred percent sharp the entire game, but I would say there's really only two people on the offense that I felt were really clicking, obviously McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson. 
So yeah, the rest there were some really dumb mistakes here and there by T by Moore Samuel. Obviously, whatever the heck happened on that Arma play, um, you know. So it's it's just one of those things where you'll that kind of stuff will fix itself. So I, yeah, I agree, and I think a lot of the the mistakes that we saw with Bridgewater it was because there was no preseason. Like he didn't have yeah. time to to iron out those the those quick fire routes. Like he overthrew Curtis Samuel on that. I think it was second or third down. It was third down. He didn't pick up the first down. Uh, he overthrew DJ Moore a couple of times. Uh, yeah. You know, it's just simple stuff like that that easily, like you said, can be fixed with time. And right. we expected to see some sloppiness because it's week one. That's just what happens in week one. But overall, I was I was I was pretty impressed with what what we saw, uh, even on yeah. defense. Even though we gave up thirty four points, I thought there were a couple of standouts on defense that played pretty well excellent segue i was just about to bring that up so (laughs) brad brad and i were talking during the game but they so for those of you who may or may not be familiar with uh temple slash baylor where matt rule was at they had these these packages they would run that i liked the fact that i saw them trying to use them in the nfl just to do something different because um as we all know, aside from the last year and Ron Rivera's tenure, he was always very much a 4-3, 4-3 nickel, cover three type defensive mindset. Or, you know, he was always heavy zone. Like, you pretty much knew what he was going to do, aside from those random times where he'd throw something exotic out just to kind of mess with the defense or the offense. But they were running three safeties most of the game, which I thought was a really interesting um, defensive uh, concept because they were running with – um. Jeremy Chin was kind of all over the place. Like he was lining up as a safety. He was lining up as a linebacker, but it looked like their base defense for the most part was, uh, you know, obviously Derek Brown, K1 short up front, some combination of uh, Stephen Weatherly, um, Brian Burns and uh, guys like F.A. Obata and Yeter Gross Matos on the outside. Um, obviously to hear Whitehead and Shaq Thompson were in there almost all the time. And it was always, there are two corners, and then those three safeties, Jeremy Chin, Trey Boston, and Justin Burris. So I thought that was really cool, and I think that, that like it kind of sucks because, you know, they, the, the Raiders committed to running the football, and I just don't think Carolina's defense is built to really shut down a team that is committed to running the ball like that right now. So that's kind of where, where everything went wrong because they the Raiders consistently kept their running backs involved, whether it was a passing game or the rushing game, you know, like they, they were able to move the ball really effectively. So that didn't help, but I liked what I was seeing with whether it was that, whether we saw the three, three stack with three defensive linemen, three linebackers, one of which was usually Brian Burns, which I thought that was a really cool wrinkle with how athletic he is. So, you know, it's just, they're, they're trying new things. And I think that um, when they get the personnel that they want for that kind of defense, that I think they're going to, it'll be something that'll be really fun to watch. Yes, I agree fully. I mean, Jeremy Chin is going to be a player in this league. Mm-hmm. Like he was all over the field and yeah. he seemed to be involved in a lot of plays. He was he didn't do anything spectacular, like he didn't he but he also didn't make very many mistakes. Like he didn't he didn't get beat too bad on on a lot of plays. He didn't he didn't embarrass himself out there. He played very well. And I think that there's a lot of promise there. I, I was Im- impressed with Russell Douglas too. Like he yeah. had to come in in emergency duty because Dante Jackson got hurt 
in the first half. And this dude, I mean, he's only been with the team for like a week, if that. Like he was picked up on waivers after the <laughs> roster cuts. And Yeah, not, and to, not to interrupt you, but I was just to let you guys know. I was literally in the Slack chat of ours, and I was like, "Who the heck is that lining up outside right now?" Yeah. Like, I did, I legitimately, did, I legitimately did not know who he was. And uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, he and because of all the the COVID protocols, he's only practiced with the team like twice. I think is what yeah. was reported by the the by the media. So, I, I I think he played pretty well. He had a big pass breakup on third down to force a punt in the late in the second half that gave us a chance to win the game at the end. So yeah, he almost had a know, pick too. You, yeah. He almost had a pick. You can't really complain about that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what Tahir Whitehead was doing on that pass interference play. Um, he was, that, he, I could tell he was kind of upset at the end of the game. Like, yeah, I don't, think I, I don't know right. why he did that. Uh, it set up the Josh Jacobs touchdown that, basically cost us the game. I think if we, if he doesn't commit that penalty, we have a better shot at winning because obviously they don't score 34 points and the way our offense was operating, I think we could have ran out more time. I think we could have snuck out with a win. Yeah. And that was a backbreaking penalty. That was one of the worst moments of the game. And, but those things are going to happen. I mean, it's just – it's football. That's why – and it was pass interference. Like, you can't complain about the officiating. They they did a pretty good job. Uh, I think the Raiders beat us fair and square, but I'm just glad we didn't get the crap kicked out of us. No, it was, it was a fun game to watch. You know, like, obviously, there's some things to be desired with the defense. But when you really sit down and look at it – and this is kind of, like, my, my standpoint on the season. I think, Brad, you'll agree with this. Like, I'm not really looking at it – in like I'm not wait I'm not I'm not expecting the defense to be good where I usually did with Ron Rivera, um, like I yeah I agree right now, I'm not I'm not expecting that either I'm I'm expecting a bad defense and a decent offense. But the nice thing when you when you take away that that expectation or like I guess that hope that they're going to be a good defense and they're not going to surrender this many points that you can really like look and find the things that are good that can work towards the future. And one of those things, obviously we mentioned Jeremy Chin. Uh, he led the team with solo tackles today. Um, but I really liked what I was seeing from Derek Brown. I mean, he did obviously defensive tackles don't really show up much on the stat sheet unless they get sacks, but that dude was disruptive as heck in the middle. Yeah. Like, he, I think he batted a pass down at the line of scrimmage too. I noticed that. Yeah. Like so. him and I think him and short will be fine in the middle. It's the, it, they have to figure out the outside and whether that's, Gross Matos, whether that's um, Weatherly, who I thought played okay, but I also thought that he was like, uh, you don't lose a game with with the other team running the ball like that if you're if your front four slash front seven is doing their job correctly. So I don't know what the problem is just from the rapid reactions part of it, but I I do know there are some good things there on the front on the front line, and obviously they'll have time to really gel together and figure out who the best options are there. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, I guess the only other thing I can really say is uh, Joey Sly. I mean, he made three field goals, but he did miss one. He did miss one extra point. So I'm telling just- you, we, we just need to commit penalties to bring the extra point back to a 45-yard field goal. I think because so, too, good, honestly. He's good between 40 and 50 yards. Yeah. He's iffy. I- 
beyond 50 and he's terrible like in extra point range it seems I think one of the announcers said something, and normally the announcers don't have much to offer in sit- in situations like this. Maybe it was Jay Feely who said it, but uh, like when your when your leg is that big, and you miss, it looks a lot worse than if your leg is not that big. Like when he's when he's kicking from way far down the field, like he almost never misses the distance. It's just a matter yeah. of uh, like it's just a matter of getting it between the uprights. And obviously, it seems like the closer he is, the worse he is at uh, getting it between the uprights. So. It's, maybe he's like, maybe he needs glasses. Maybe it's, maybe he can't see. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's because it's further away. That extra maybe 10 he's yards. Far-sighted. Yeah. Maybe he's farsighted. That extra 10 yards is what he needs to be able to see. Yeah. So, I mean, Joey Sly, you know, I think, I think that's just something we need to learn to expect from him is that he's going to miss an extra point here and there. So. But this All isn't I know really the... is if, if my name is Kare Vedvik, I'm not terminating my lease on my apartment in Charlotte. No, I wouldn't. Because, yeah, there's a chance he gets to see some action yeah. at some point. Heck, yeah. He's, he's one of the protected guys in their practice squad, right? Yeah, he was this week. I don't know if he will be every week. He probably will be every oh, week. Oh, you, so but... you, have to nev- you, have to, you have to designate those every week? You okay. don't have to. I think you – well, I don't know if you have to or not. I know you can. Like I know I you can change them, but All right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly how that works. I think you do have to like name them, but because they're, I imagine what happens is when you promote someone from the practice squad who is in that, in that protected spot, you can then move someone else to that protected spot. So yeah, I, yeah. Cause I know Matt rule said when he announced who, it was, who they were going to be, that it could change next week. So I don't know yeah. if that means that, like it's a transaction, like you take somebody off and then put somebody else on, or if you have to do it every week, it seems like it, you don't have to do it every week because that would be grounds for somebody like Bill Belichick waiting until the exact time when it's supposed to be done to steal people from rosters. Yeah. So maybe it's just a thing where you don't have to do it, um, but you can take somebody off and replace them type deal. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, well, I guess we'll see what happens there. I, I mean, as of right now, I mean, looking at looking at the stats from Joey Sly, you know, five kicks attempted, only one missed. Like, you know, it's not great. You'd you'd want him to hit all of them, but I mean, that's not a, a world an end a, a world ender as far as <laughs> yeah, you know, a kicker's stats. And Joseph Charlton, who was widely reported to be really struggling in camp. Uh, he he kicked two punts, both of which went sixty yards. And you know that when you yeah, kick the ball if he that can far, just, if he can just learn how to not shank them every five kicks, I think he'll turn out okay. Yeah, and you know, it, like when you kick the ball that far, you're trying to flip the field, so you, the other team might get a chance to return it. And there were some dumb penalties where they were able to move the ball back. So I mean, overall, I don't I don't really have a problem with anything that happened on special teams today. I thought Farrow Cooper was fine. There's going oh, to be Farrow dumb Cooper penalties. Was a breath of fresh air. I mean, it's nice yeah. to know that when, 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 yeah, when you're returning a kick, kickoff or a punt, that there's a higher chance of it being a positive play than, well, how, how are we going to get screwed over this time? Yeah. Uh, like his, his kickoff returns were even good. Like we started an average field position of at like the 30 yard line when he returned kicks, which is a whole lot better than, than starting at the 20 or even at the 10 yard line or even worse losing the ball. 
So yeah, he even got one. He even managed to return one about 38 yards too. Yeah. So, I mean, that's to me, and it's sad that the bar is so low that don't turn it over and have a decent return is all we want, but it was nice to see that for a change. Yeah. Yep. Overall, I feel like across the board, aside from really stupid penalties, occasionally like the one on to hear whitehead, uh, that the team was pretty well prepared. Um, I know that there's going to be the, the Trey Boston haters club. Who's going to come back, come, come at him for missing tackles here and there. But there were times where like, I was watching the play, like when there was a ball thrown down the field and like, you could just tell like, as, as an, as an observer who has watched secondary play before, I could tell a lot of the stuff where he was running after the guy. It wasn't his assignment, you know? So, yeah. Um, my so the, favorite the thing that Trey Boston, my favorite thing that Trey Boston does is he celebrates an incompletion, but it's because the the quarterback overthrew the receiver, not because he right. made a play. <laughs> like he gets up and does the whole incomplete thing. Like he he's the reason it was incomplete. Yeah, <laughs> that's my favorite Trey Boston thing. Yeah, I'll take it. I mean, as long as the ball hits the ground, I don't really care what he does. So. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, I. Overall, I'm not upset about this, and you know, I'm I'm kind of no, in here. No, I am not. I'm not upset at all. This is probably the first time in in at least three years, if ever, that we lost. But I feel like we won, right? Like because we a we looked like a real competent football team. B we looked like we belonged out there with the Raiders, and C we didn't get blown out. Like it wasn't it wasn't a I, di- I didn't feel like I was doing a job today watching yeah. the game. Like I felt like I was enjoying myself watching a game and I was just able to talk about it. And that's yeah. a huge difference. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's, it's just nice that we can sit down and really enjoy it because we haven't been do- watching the same bullshit that we've been watching since 2011, you know? Yeah. It's, it, we have we have a young we have a young head coach a bunch of young guys around him who all have some new ideas that they want to throw out there and uh it's just something where it's just nice to see something different for once so we're going to be there are going to be times that we're going to be frustrated as Panthers fans uh watching these this team and i have a feeling next week is going to be one of them um because tom brady we're going to the panthers are going to travel to tampa bay and face Tom Brady in that really loaded Buccaneers offense. And they're probably yeah. going to put up like 50 on the Panthers. Like, let's just probably. be real here. Yeah, so, probably. Yeah. We're going to have to score 50 points to, to, to make it competitive. Like the only thing that the Raiders had that I would say the Bucks don't really have is a guy like Riggs, who's super, super fast. Like, yeah. And Ruggs but, got hurt in the, in, in the game. Oh, so yeah, we didn't, Ruggs, even, really, we didn't yeah. even really have to deal with him that much. I, so, I mean, I, but you know, the, the Buccaneers have Tom Brady, so it's yep. weird saying and then that Gronk, Gronk will probably feast on guys like to hear Whitehead and sh- may, maybe oh, not Shaq, yeah. but I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It it was weird too seeing, speaking of Shaq, it was weird not seeing Luke Keekly out there. Yeah. Like we have to is. adjust to seeing like either average to good linebackers as opposed to hall of fame, all time, great linebackers. And yeah, I mean, it, like it's going to take some adjustment. It, it definitely does because, like, as Panthers fans, when Luke was drafted, what was that, 2012? Yeah, they drafted him in 2012. You just 
came to expect him to make one of those plays that only he can make. And those are going to be gone. Like uh, Shaq, Shaq is a good linebacker in the grand scheme of things, but he's not ever going to be Luke Keekley. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and even bigger, an even bigger point, Shaq is great when he's your second best linebacker. Right. Not when he's your best linebacker, because Tahir Whitehead is not better than Shaq. And he's obviously well below Luke Eakley. So we took right. a huge hit there. But I, I think with time, I think we'll see like the defense will mesh as a unit. And I think yeah. that they'll get less bad as the season goes on but they're still not going to be very great. Yeah. The only other real complaint that I have about the defense is just that there was like no pass rush sometimes. And I do like using the wrinkle of having one of the most athletic players on your defense and Brian Burns, like out there in coverage and kind of moving around a lot because you never really know where he's coming from, but they don't have anybody else right now that I consider to be a consistent pass rusher. So it's going to be, it's going to be difficult. There's going to be growing pains. Like I'm sure that eventually maybe two or three, maybe four weeks into the season, we'll start seeing them get a little more, a little more consistent with the pressure. Um, yeah. But today, yeah. I mean, aside from when they really sent the house at Derek Carr, there was not a ton of pressure on him. There were multiple times where he just stepped up in the pocket and there was nobody there after they were like washed down back or mm-hmm. downfield past him. So and to be fair, the Raiders' offensive line is one of their strengths. So yeah, that is I true. Mean, they're 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 really good offensive line. So I mean, that could have a little bit to do with it too. So I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I guess we will. And um, the defense is going to get a lot of chances to show that they can get after passers because they got they got six games about with uh, franchise quarterbacks in their division on top of the rest of the year. So. Yeah, we'll they're, they're certain they're certainly going to get a trial by fire. Like yep. we will find out if they're ready for it or not. So, yeah, you know, hopefully it works out. Yep, yep. So, and also they'll probably figure out who the actual starting corners are as we go because obviously Rasul Douglas is out there. Um, yeah, I think he put himself in the conversation. He definitely did. Um, also, obviously. Uh, Troy Pride was out there too. Um, I'm not really sure what happened to Dante Jackson, so hopefully he's okay. But they're going to have chances to get these guys into play. And the nice thing is that since they're running the three safety look, they don't really need to have like three to four corners out there because they always have a third defensive back from the safety position. So, mm-hmm. so we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm not too worried about it right now. Um, Overall, again, just a fun fun day to watch football. It's nice to have it back. It's nice to see the Carolina Panthers playing again, and it's nice to see a new product on the field. Yes. Yeah. But do you have anything else you want to say? Any lasting thoughts for the fans listening? Yeah, I'm going to say, you know, this is going to take time. You know, they're not going to turn this franchise around overnight. I don't, if you expected that, you need to lower your expectations. This is at least a one year, if not two year project to turn them around. So, right. We, we need to grab on to any, any positive traits, any improvements, any good things that we see. We need to hold on to those and be optimistic that the future is bright because the present is going to be bad. But if we can see a light at the end of the tunnel, I think we should come out of this year, no matter how many games we win or how many games we lose, 
we should come out of this saying, were we better in week 17 than we were in week one? And if the answer to that question is yes, then we should consider this this year successful, no matter how, no matter what happens. Yep. And, you know, that's that's my plea is to give this coaching staff a chance, give Teddy Bridgewater a chance uh, to, to do something before writing it off as a failure. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's he signed what a six, seven year deal or something like that with us. Yeah, Matt rules here for seven years. Yep. So you might as well get used to it. Yep. I mean, he's gonna he's have gonna time here. He's got he's yeah. got time, and I mean, you know, we lost, but at least we didn't. We at least we lost in a different way this time. At least it wasn't. At least it wasn't over at halftime, and. And even if this is a dumpster fire failure, at least it'll be a different kind of dumpster fire failure. Like we're going to do it differently this time. So yeah, the only you know, thing in that. So yeah, especially, and that that's the only other thing I have to say is even if it doesn't work out and they, this isn't a team where like last year, for example, the pretty much the idea based on what they did in the off season was they, they managed to put together a team that was supposed to be competitive. And obviously when Cam Newton got hurt, you know, that kind of threw a wrench into the whole thing, into the whole thing, but they built a team that was meant to be competitive. They were trying to win another they were trying to get back to the Super Bowl. Where like right now the absolute worst thing that happens is they lose a ton of games, the next year they get even more draft capital to really work on building the program that Matt Rule wants. And Matt Rule has turned around a lot of programs within 3 years. So, yeah, he took he took a Baylor team that was just about to get shut down and turned them into an 11 game winner within three years. So, you know, the first year historically for him, the first year is always bad because he always inherits bad programs. And, but by year three, like you said, he's usually good. He is one of three coaches or one of two coaches, if I remember correctly, to win 10 games at Temple. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't, you can't say that he doesn't know what he's doing as far as football is concerned. Now it might not work in the NFL. There is the, there is that worry that it only works on college kids, but we'll find out and maybe it does. And if it does, we'll be good. We'll be the, the NFC's version of the Patriots. We'll own the NFC South for a couple of years. And if it doesn't, we'll try again in a couple of years and we'll just, you know, the, the big win will be the friends we made along the way. Yep, exactly. Exactly. So we'll get to, we get, we're going to get to enjoy to see Christian McCaffrey continue to be who he is. So he's going to be heavily involved. He touched the ball. Uh, how many times did he touch it? He touched it 26 times. That's not going to be scaled should have been back 27, but you know, yep. we can't be too picky, but no, nope. he looked good. Yep. He still looks like the same guy that they, that they, before they paid him all that money that all the analytics nerds like John are going to say it's too much. So yeah. Shout out to John. Shout out to John. So, well, anyway, um, I mean, I guess that's that's um, that's really that all I up. have to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that wraps well, it up. This has been the B and B Instant Reaction Show. Yes, I like that name. Gonna, I think. I think I like it too. B and B. It's it's catchy, and uh, we're going to be bringing this to you uh, throughout the year as well. So there will always be the Keep Sounding podcast. We're going to do this as well. We'll probably have John on a few times too. Um, so just keep an eye out for us. Keep sticking around. We've had a lot of solid feedback on the podcast we've done. So we're hoping to keep doing that for you guys. So 
obviously like share subscribe do what you can to help us out and we'll continue to bring you some content that hopefully you enjoy and uh we'll talk to you later this week when we break down tampa tam tampa tampa bay tampa bay yeah tampa bay bucks yeah looking forward to that one that that should be fun (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right later guys later